0: where you can find additional information and resources, as well as the episodes for this podcast. There is also a link on the website to the Facebook page for all things Plantagenet. Okay, so now on to the show.
1: Aye, I, I praise God, and uh, I have merited some love at his
2: hands.
0: Barred off a soldier firm and sound of heart, of
2: buxom valor hath by cruel fate, and giddy fortune furious...
1: Fickle wheel. Touching your patience, ancient pistol. Fortune is an
0: excellent moral.
3: Well, fortune is
0: Bardolph's foe, and frowns on him, for he hath stolen a pack, and hanged must he be. Therefore, go speak. The Duke will hear thy voice.
2: Speak, captain, for his life, and I will
1: hear it quite. Ancient Pistol, I do partly understand your meaning. Why then? Rejoice, therefore! It's not a thing to rejoice at. Look you, if he were my brother, I would desire the Duke to do his good pleasure and put him to execution. Discipline ought to be
2: used. Die and be done should go
4: far, French! Fine
1: now, Come and start from the bridge. Aye, so please, Your Majesty. The Duke of Exeter hath very gallantly maintained the bridge. What men
4: have you lost, Flewellyn?
1: I think the Duke hath lost never a man
4: but one that
1: is like to be executed for robbing a church. One Bardolph, if your majesty know the man, his face is all bubicles and whelks and knobs and flames of fire and his lips blows at his nose and it is like a coal of fire, sometimes blue, sometimes red nose is executed and his fires out.
4: have all such offenders so cut off and we give express charge that in our marches through the country there'd be nothing compelled from the villages nothing taken but paid for none of the French upbraided or abused in disdainful language for when lenity and cruelty play for a kingdom The gentler gamester is the soonest winner.
2: says my king, say thou to Hady of England, though we seemed dead, we did but sleep. Tell him we could have rebuked him at half fleur. Now we speak, and our voice is imperial. England shall repent his folly. Bid him, therefore, consider of his ransom, which must proportion the losses we have borne, which in wait to re-answer his pettiness would bow under. To this add defiance and tell him, for conclusion, he hath betrayed his followers, whose condemnation is pronounced. So far, my king and master, so much my office.
4: What is thy name? Montjoy. Thou dost thy office fairly. Turn thee back, and tell thy king I do not seek him now, but could be willing to march on to Calais without impeachment. Go, therefore, tell thy master, here I am. My ransom is this frail and worthless trunk, my army but a weak and sickly guard, yet God before tell him we will come on, though France himself and such another neighbor stand in our way. So, Montjoy, fare you well. The sum of all our answer is but this. We would not seek a battle as we are. Nor as we are, we say we will not shun it.
2: So tell your master. I shall deliver so. Thanks to your majesty.
4: I hope they will not come upon us now. We are in God's hand, brother, not in theirs. March to the bridge. It now draws towards night. Beyond the river, we'll encamp ourselves. And on tomorrow, bid them march
0: away.
3: The ten conjecture of a time when creeping murmur and the pouring dark fills the wide vessel of the universe. From camp to camp, through the foul womb of night, the hum of either army still sounds. That the fixed sentinels almost receive the secret whispers of each other's watch. Fire answers fire, and through their paly flames, each battle sees the other's umbered face. Steed threatens steed in high and boastful neighs, piercing the knight's dull ear. And from the tents, the armorers, accomplishing the knights, with busy hammers closing rivets up, give dreadful note of preparation. Proud of their numbers and secure in soul, the confident and overlusty French do the low rated English play at dice, and chide the crippled, tardy gated knight who, like a foul and ugly witch, doth limp so tediously away.
5: I have the best armor in the world. Would it were day, You have an excellent armor, but let my horse have his due. It is the best horse of Europe.
2: Will it never be mourning? My lord of Orléans, and my lord high constable, you talk of horse and armor? You are as well provided of both as any prince in the world.
3: I will not change my horse for any that treads but on four hoofs. When I bestride him, I saw I am a hawk. He is pure air and
6: fire.
4: And the dull elements of earth and water never appear in him... ...but only
3: in patient stillness while his rider mounts him.
4: Indeed, my lord, it is a
2: most absolute and excellent horse. My Lord Constable, the armor in your tent tonight, are those suns or stars on it? Stars, Montjoy.
5: Some of them will fall tomorrow, I hope. And yet my sky shall not want.
6: Let never be
2: day! I will trot tomorrow a mile, and my way shall be paved with English faces. I will not
5: say so for fear I should be faced out of my way.
4: I'll go arm myself.
2: The Dauphin longs for mourning.
5: He longs to eat the English. I think he will eat all he kills. He never did harm that I heard of. Nor will do none tomorrow. Would it were day! Alas, poor Harry of England. He longs not for the dawning as we do.
2: If the English had any apprehension, they would run away. That island of England breeds very valiant creatures.
5: Now is it time to arm? Come, shall we about it?
2: It is now two o'clock. But let me see, by ten we shall have each a hundred Englishmen.
3: A poor, condemned English? Like sacrifices by their watchful fires, sit patiently. And inly ruminate the morning's
6: danger.
3: And their gesture sad, investing lank, lean cheeks and war worn coats, presenteth them unto the gazing moon. So many horrid ghosts. Let him cry praise and glory on his head, for forth he goes and visits all his hosts, bids them good morrow with a modest smile, and calls them brothers, friends and countrymen. A largesse universal, like the sun, his liberal eye doth give to everyone. Thawing cold fear, that mean and gentle all behold as may unworthiness define a little touch of Harry in the night.
4: Good morrow old Sir Thomas. A good soft pillow for that good white head were better than a churlish turf of France. Not so my liege. This lodging likes
7: me better. Since I may say now lie I like a king. (laughs)
4: Lend me thy cloak Sir Thomas brothers both commend me to the princes in our camp. do my good morrow to them and anon desire them all to my pavilion. we shall my liege. shall I attend your grace? no my good knight. I and my bosom must debate a while. and then I would no other company. the Lord in heaven bless thee noble Harry. God a mercy, old heart. Thou speakest cheerfully.
8: Uh,
2: A friend. Discuss unto me. Art thou officer? Or art thou base,
4: common, and popular? I am a gentleman of a company. Tradest
2: thou the piss on
4: pike? Even so.
5: What are you?
2: As good a gentleman as the Emperor. Ah, then you are a better than the King. The King's a boar and a heart of gold. A lad of life, an imp of fame. Of parents good, of fist most valiant. I kiss his dirty shoe and from hard string I love the lovely bully. <laughs> what is thy name? Harry Leroy. Leroy?
4: A, a Cornish name? Uh, no, I am a Welshman.
2: Now, is thou Flewell in. Aye. Tell him I'll knock his leak about his Pate upon St. David's Day.
4: Well, no, do not you wear your dagger in your cap that day, lest he knock that about yours. Art
2: thou his friend? And
4: his kinsman, too. The fig over thee, then. I oh, thank you. God be with you. My name is Pistol Called. It sorts well with your fierceness.
7: Captain Flewellyn.
1: In the name of Jesus Christ, speak lower. If you would take the pains but to examine the wars of Pompey the Great, you shall find, I warrant you, that there is no tittle-tattle, no pibble-pabble in Pompey's camp. Why the enemy is loud, you hear him all night. If the enemy is an ass and a fool and a prating coxcomb, is it meet, think you, so that we should also look you be an ass and a fool and a prating coxcomb? In your conscience, now. I will speak, Lower. I pray you and beseech
3: you that you will. many patries, et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.
7: Brother John Bates, is not that the morning which breaks
8: yonder? I think it be but we have no great cause to desire the approach of day. We see yonder the beginning of the
7: day. But I think we shall never see the end of it. Who goes there?
4: A friend. Under what captain serve you? Under Sir Thomas Erpingham. Good old commander,
7: and a most kind gentleman. I pray, uh,
4: what thinks he of our estate? Even as men wrecked upon a sand that look to be washed off at the next tide.
3: He has not told his thought of the king. No. Nor it is not meet he should.
4: I think the king is but a man as I am. The violet smells to him as it doth to me. His ceremonies laid by. In his nakedness he appears but a man. Therefore, when he sees reasons of fear, as we do, his fears out of doubt be of the same relish as ours are.
8: He may show what outward courage he will. But I believe as cold a night as tis that he could wish himself in Thames up to the neck. And so I would he were, and I buy him. At all adventures, so we were quit here.
4: I think he would not wish himself anywhere but where he is.
8: Then I would he were here alone.
4: He thinks I could not die anywhere so contented as in the King's company. His cause being just and his quarrel honorable.
8: That's more than we know. Aye, and more than we should seek after. For we know enough if we know we are the King's subjects. If his cause be wrong, our obedience to the king wipes the crime of it out of us.
7: But if the cause be not good, the king himself had a heavy reckoning to make. And all those legs and arms and heads chopped off in a battle shall join together at the latter day and cry all, we died at such a place. Some swearing. Some crying for a surgeon. Some upon their wives left poor behind them. Some upon the debts they owe. Some upon their children, all left. I'm afraid that a few die well. They die in a battle. But how can they charitably dispose of anything, when blood is their argument? Now, if these men do not die well...
4: it'll be a black matter for the king that led them to it. So, if a son that is by his father sent about merchandise... to sinfully miscarry upon the sea... the imputation of his wickedness by your rule... should be imposed upon the father that sent him. But this is not so. The king is not bound to answer the particular endings of his soldiers... nor the father of his son for they purpose not their deaths when they purpose their services. Besides, there is no king, be his cause never so spotless can try it out with all unspotted soldiers. Every subject's duty is the king's, but every subject's soul's his own.
7: Is certain. Every man that dies ill, it upon his own head. The king is not to
8: answer it. I do not desire he should answer for me. And yet I determined to fight lustily for him.
4: I myself heard the king say he would not be ransomed. Aye, he said so to make us fight cheerfully. But when our throats are cut, he may be ransomed and we near the wiser. If I live to see it, I'll never trust his word after. You pay him, then!
7: You'll never trust his word after.
4: Come,
1: it is a foolish saying.
4: Your reproof is something too round. I should be angry with you if time were convenient.
1: Let it be
7: a quarrel between us, if you live!
8: Be friends, you English fools! Be
1: friends! We have French quarrels! Enough!
3: On the king.
4: Let us our lives, our souls, our debts, our careful wives, our children, and our sins lay on the king. We must bear all. Oh, hard condition. Twin born with greatness. Subject to the breath of every fool infinite heart's ease must kings neglect that private men enjoy. And what have kings that privates have not too, save ceremony? And what art thou, thou idle ceremony? What drinks thou oft instead of homage, sweet but poisoned flattery? Oh, be sick, great greatness, and bid thy ceremony give thee cure. Canst thou, when thou commandst the beggar's knee, command the health of it? No, thou proud dream that playest so subtly with a king's repose. I am a king that find thee, and I know. Is not the balm, the sceptre and the ball, the sword, the mace, the crown imperial, the intertissued robe of gold and pearl, the faucet title running for the king, the throne he sits on, nor the tide of pomp that beats upon the high shore of this world. No, not all these thrice gorgeous ceremony. Not all these laid in bed majestical Can sleep so soundly As the wretched slave Who with a body filled and vacant mind Gets him to rest Crammed with distressful bread Never sees horrid night The child of hell but like a lackey From the rise to the set Sweats in the eye of Phoebus And all night next day after dawn doth rise and help Piperian to his horse, and follow so the ever-running year with profitable labour to his grave. And but for ceremony. Such a wretch, winding up days with toil and nights with sleep, had the forehand and vantage a king
7: my lord your nobles jealous of your absence seek
4: through the camp to find you good old knight collect them all together at my tent i'll be before thee O oh God of battle, steal my soldiers' hearts, possess them not with fear. Take from them now their sense of reckoning if the opposed numbers pluck their hearts from them. Not today, O oh God, O oh not today! Think not upon the fault my father made encompassing the crown. I, Richard's body, have interred new, and on it have bestowed more contrite tears than from it issued forced drops of blood. Five hundred poor I have in yearly pay, who twice a day their withered hands hold up toward heaven to pardon blood. And I have built two chantries where the sad and solemn priests sing still for Richard's soul. More will I do. All that I can do is nothing worth, since that my penitence comes after all, imploring pardon. My brother Gloucester's voice. I know thy errand. I will go with thee. The day my friends.
5: steeds for present service nay Mount them. and make incision in their hides that their hot blood may spin in English eyes do but behold yon poor and starved band and your fair show shall suck away their souls leaving them but the shales of husks of
2: men There is not work enough for all our hands why do you stay so long my lords of France Yon Island carrions, desperate of their bones, ill-favorably become the morning field. They have said their prayers, and they stay for death.
5: A very little, little let us do, and all is done. Then let the trumpet sound, the tucket sonnets, and the note to mount. For our approach will so much dare the field, England shall couch down in fear and yield.
4: Where is the king? The king himself is rode to view their battle.
0: A fighting men. They have full threescore thousand.
7: That's five to one.
0: Besides, they are all fresh. It is a fearful odds. Oh, that we now had here. But one ten thousand of those men in England that do no work today.
4: What's he that wishes so? My cousin Westmoreland. No, oh, my fair cousin. If we are marked to die, we are enough to do our country loss. And if to live, the fewer men, the greater share of honor. God's will, I pray thee, wish not one man more. Brother, proclaim it, Westmoreland, through my host, that he which hath no stomach to this fight, let him depart. His passport shall be made, and crowns for convoy put into his purse. We would not die in that man's company that fears his fellowship to die with us. This day is called the Feast of Crispian. He that outlives this day and comes safe home will stand at tiptoe when this day is named and arouse him at the name of Crispian. He that shall see this day and live old age will yearly, on the vigil, feast his neighbors and say, tomorrow is Saint Crispin's. Then will he strip his sleeve and show his scars, ...and say these wounds I had on Crispin's day. Old men forget, yet all shall be forgot... ...but he'll remember with advantages what feats he did that day. Then shall our names, familiar in their mouths as household words... ...Harry the King, Bedford and Exeter, Warwick and Talbot, Salisbury and Gloucester... ...be in their flowing cups freshly remembered. This story shall the good man teach his son. And Crispin Crispian shall ne'er go by, from this day to the ending of the world. But we in it shall be remembered. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. Be he ne'er so vile, this day shall gentle his condition. And gentlemen in England now abed shall think themselves accursed they were not here and hold their
6: manhoods cheap whilst any speaks that fought with us upon St. Crestman's (laughs) Day. My sovereign Lord,
4: bestow yourself with speed. The French are bravely in their battle set and will with all expedience march upon us. All things are ready if our minds
3: be so. Punish the man whose mind is backward now. That does not wish more help from England, cuz. God's will, my liege. Would you and I alone, without more help, could
6: fight this royal battle? Yeah! You know your places. God be with you all. Yeah!
2: Once more I come to know of King Harry, if for thy ransom thou wilt now compound, before thy most assured overthrow.
4: Who hath sent thee now? The Constable of France. I pray thee, bear my former answer back. Bid them achieve me, and then sell my bones. God, God! Why should they mock poor fellows thus? Let me speak proudly tell the constable we are but warriors for the working day our gayness and our guilt are all besmirched with rainy marching in the painful field but by the mass our hearts are in the trim herald save thou thy labor come thou no more for ransom gentle herald they shall have none i swear but these my joints,
6: yeah, which,
4: if they have, as I shall leave them them, shall yield them little.
2: Tell the constable. I shall, King Harry. And so fare thee well. Thou never shalt hear herald any more.
4: My lord, most humbly on my knee, I beg the leading of the barwood. Take it, brave York. Now, soldiers, march away, and how thou pleasest God. Dispose the day.
3: We shall much disgrace with four or five most vile and ragged foils, right ill-disposed, in brawl ridiculous, the name
6: of Agincourt.
5: ranks are broke Oh, perjurable shame shame and eternal shame nothing but shame
2: let us die in arms
8: once more back again
2: we are enough living in the field to smother up the english in our tongues if any order might be caught of the devil take order now
4: let life be short. Our shame will be too long.
6: Well, have we done, thrice valiant countrymen? It all's not done. Yet keep the French the fear!
1: Kill the boys and the luggage. Tis expressly against the law of arms. Tis as a piece of knavery, Mark, you know, as can be offered. In your conscience now!
6: Is it not?
7: certain there's not a boy left alive.
6: Oh <laughs> <laughs> I was not
4: angry since I came to France until this instant! Here comes
6: the hell of the French, my liege. <laughs> what means they tear out! Come slow again for Ru! Three king!
2: I come to thee with charity of all license, that we may wander o'er this bloody field to book our dead and then to bury them, to sort our nobles from our common men. For many of our princes, woe the while, lie drowned and soaked in mercenary blood. give us leave, great king, to view the field in safety and dispose of their dead bodies. I tell thee truly, Herald, I know not if the day be ours or no. The day is yours.
4: Praise Head be God and not our strength. What is this castle called, that stands hard by?
2: They call it Agincourt. Then call we this, the Field of Agincourt.
4: Fought on the day of Crispin Crispianus.
1: Grandfather of famous memory, and please your majesty. And your great uncle, Edward the Black Prince of Wales, as I have read in the Chronicles, fought a most brave battle here in France. They
4: did, Florent.
1: Ah, your, 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 your majesty says very true. If your majesty is remembered of it, did good service in a garden where leeks did grow. Wearing leeks in a monmouth, which, <laughs> as your majesty knows, to this hour is an honorable vaginal service. And I do believe your majesty takes no scorn to wear the leek upon St. Davies Day.
4: I wear it for a memorable honor. For I am Welsh, you know, good my countryman.
1: All the water in wine Cannot wash your majesty's Welsh blood Out of your body, I can tell you that God bless it and preserve it So long as it pleases his grace and his majesty too
4: Thanks, good my countryman By
1: Jesus, I am your majesty's countryman I care not to know. I shall confess it to all the world. And I need not be ashamed of your majesty, praise be God, so long as your majesty is an honest man.
6: God keep me, sir.
2: Does fortune play the hazard with me now?
0: News I have that my Nell is dead. <clears throat> Old oh, do I
2: wax, and from my weary limbs honor is
7: cudgelled. Well, bored I'll turn, and something lean to.
3: Cut purse of quick hand. To England will I steal, ...a narrow... I'll steal.
2: Harold, ah. are the dead numbers? It is the number of the slaughtered French.
4: note doth tell me of ten thousand french that in the field lie slain of princes in this number 126 added to these of knights esquires and gallant gentlemen eight thousand and four hundred of the which five hundred were but yesterday dubbed knights. Here was a royal fellowship of death. Where is the number of our English dead? Edward, the Duke of York, the Earl of Suffolk. richard kikely davy gam esquire none else of name and of all other men but five and twenty it is wonderful procession to the village and be it deaths proclaim it through our host to boast of this or take that praise from God which is his only
1: Is not lawful and please your majesty to tell how many is killed
4: I captain but with this acknowledgement that God fought for us
1: Yes, my conscience. He did us great good.
4: Do we, all holy rites, let there be sung non nobis and te deum, the dead with charity enclosed in clay, and then to Calais, and to England then, where ne'er from France arrived, more happy men. To this meeting and to our brother france health and fair time of day joy and good wishes to our most fair and princely cousin catherine and as a branch and member of this royalty by whom this great assembly is contrived we do salute you duke of burgundy and princes french and peers health to you all
0: right joyous are we to behold your face most worthy brother, England, fairly met. So are you, princes English, everyone.
5: My duty to you both, on equal love, great kings of France and England. Since that, my office hath so far prevailed that face to face and royal eye to eye you have congregated. Let it not disgrace me if I demand before this royal view why that the naked poor and mangled peace should not in this best garden of the world our fertile France put up her lovely visage. Alas, she hath from France too long been chased And all her husbandry doth lie on heaps, Corrupting in its own fertility. And as our vineyards, fallows, meads and hedges, Defective in their natures grow to wildness, Even so, our houses and ourselves, our children, Have lost, or do not learn for want of time, Those sciences which should become our country, But grow like savages a soldier's will, that nothing do but meditate on blood, to swearing and stern looks, diffused attire, and everything that seems unnatural. And my speech entreats that I may know the let why gentle peace should not expel these inconveniences and bless us with her former
4: qualities. If, Duke of Burgundy, you would the peace whose want gives growth to the imperfections which you have cited, then you must buy that piece with full accord to all our just demands.
0: I have but with a cursory eye or glance the articles. Please, it your grace, to appoint some of your council to sit with us once more. We will suddenly pass our accept and peremptory answer. Rather, we shall.
4: Yet leave our cousin Catherine here with us. She is our capital demand. ...comprised within the four rank of our Articles.
3: She hath good leave.
4: Fair Catherine, and most fair, will you vouchsafe to teach a soldier terms such as will enter at a lady's ear and plead his love suit to her gentle heart?
7: Your Majesty shall mock at me. I cannot speak your England.
4: Oh. Fair Catherine, if you will love me soundly with your French heart, I will be glad to hear you confess it brokenly with your English tongue. Do you like me, Kate?
7: Pardonnez-moi, I cannot tell what is like me.
4: An angel is like you, Kate, and you are like an angel.
7: Que dit-il que je suis semblable à les angels? Oui, vraiment, sur votre grace, ainsi dit-il. Mon Dieu, les langues des hommes sont pleines de tromperies.
4: What says she, fair one? That the tongues of men are full of deceits?
7: Oui? that the tongues of the men's is be full of deceits. That is the princess.
4: Your Faith, my wooing is fit for thy understanding. I know no ways to mince it in love, but directly to say I love you. Then if you urge me farther than to say do you in faith, I wear out my suit. Give me your answer, if faith do, and so clap hands in a bargain. How say you, lady? Sir Fort may me understand well. Mary, if you would put me to verses or to dance for your sake, Kate, why, you undid me. If I could win a lady at leapfrog or by vaulting into my saddle with my armor on my back, I should quickly leap into a wife. I could lay on like a butcher and sit like a jackanapes, never off. But before God, Kate, I cannot look greenly, nor gasp out my eloquence, nor I have no cunning in protestation. If thou canst love a fellow of this temper, Kate, that never looks in his glass for love of anything he sees there, let thine eye be thy cook. I speak to thee, plain soldier. If thou canst love me for this, take me. If not to say to thee that I shall die, tis true, but for thy love, by the Lord, no. Yet I love thee, too. If thou would have such a one, take me. And take me, take a soldier. Take a soldier, take a king. And what sayest thou then to my love? Speak, my fair. And fairly, too, I pray thee. Is it possible that I should love the enemy of France? No, Kate. It is not possible that you should love the enemy of France, Kate. But in loving me, you should love the friend of France. For I love France so well that I will not part with a village of it. I will have it all mine. And, Kate, when France is mine and I am yours, then yours is France and you are mine.
7: I cannot tell what is that.
4: No, Kate. I will tell thee in French, Mm. which I am sure will hang about my tongue like a new married wife about her husband's neck, hardly to be shook off. (laughs) Je (laughs) compte sur le possession de France et quand vous avez le possession de moi, let me see. Uh, uh, donc, uh, votre et France, et vous mien. It is as easy for me to conquer the kingdom as to speak so much more French. I will never move thee in French unless it be to laugh at me.
7: Sauf le français <laughs> que vous parlez est meilleur que l'anglais lequel
4: No, faith, it is not. But tell me, Kate, canst thou understand thus much English? Canst thou love me?
6: I cannot tell.
4: Well, can any of your neighbors tell, Kate? I'll ask them. By mine honour, in true English, I swear I love thee. By which honour I dare not swear thou lovest me. Yet my blood begins to flatter me that thou dost. Notwithstanding the poor and untempering effect of my visage. Now beshrew my father's ambition. He was thinking of civil wars when he got me. Therefore was I created with a stubborn outside, with an aspect of iron. That when I come to woo ladies, I fright them. But in faith, Kate, the elder I wax, the better I shall appear. My comfort is that old age, that ill layer-up of beauty, can do no more spoil upon my face. Thou hast me, if thou hast me, at the worst. And thou shalt wear me, if thou wear me, better and better. And therefore tell me, most fair Catherine, will you have me? Come, your answer in broken music, for thy voice is music, and thy English broken. Therefore, queen of all, Catherine, wilt thou have me?
7: That is as it shall please le roi, mon père.
4: It shall please him well, Kate. It shall please him, Kate.
7: Then shall also content me
4: Upon that, I kiss your hand, and I call you my queen.:
7: Laissez, monseigneur, laissez, laissez Ma foi, je ne veux point que vous abaissez votre grandeur en baisant la main d'une votre seigneurie un digne serviteur. Excusez-moi, je vous souplie, mon très puissant seigneur:
4: Then I will kiss your lips, Kate.
7: Les dames et, être nurse, et n'est pas la coutume
4: de France. Madame, my interpreter, what says she? That
7: is not be the fashion for the ladies of France. I, I cannot tell what is busy in en English.
4: To kiss? Your Majesty entend better que moi. Ah! It is not a fashion for the maids in France to kiss before they are married, would she say? Oui, vraiment. Oh, Kate nice customs curtsy to great kings you and i cannot be confined within the weak list of a country's fashion we are the makers of manners kate therefore patiently and yielding You have witchcraft in your lips, Kate. There is more eloquence in a sugar touch of them than in the tongues of the French council. Here comes your father.
5: God save your majesty. My royal cousin, teach you our princess English.
4: I would have her learn my fair cousin how perfectly I love her and that is good English.
0: We have consented to all terms of reason.
4: And thereupon give me your daughter.
0: Take her fair son from her blood raise up issue to me that the contending kingdoms of France and England, whose very shores look pale with envy of each other's happiness, may cease their hatred. And this dear conjunction, plant, neighborhood, and Christian-like accord in their sweet bosoms, that never war advance his bleeding sword, twixt England and fair France.
6: Amen.
4: Now welcome, Kate, and bear me witness all, that here I kiss her as my sovereign queen. God, the best maker of all marriages, Combine our hearts in one, our realms in one. As man and wife, being two, are one in love, so be there twixt our kingdom such a spousal that never may ill office or fell jealousy which troubles oft the bed of blessed marriage, thrust in between the passion of these kingdoms to make divorce of their incorporate league, that English may, as French, French-Englishmen, Receive each other. God speak this. Amen.
3: Thus far, with rough and all unable pen, our bending author hath pursued the story. In little room, confining mighty men, mangling by starts the full course of their glory. Small time. But in that small, most greatly lived this star of England. Fortune made his sword, by which the world's best garden he achieved. And of it left his son, imperial lord. Henry VI, in infant bands crowned king of France and England, did this king succeed. Whose state so many had the managing that they lost france and made his england bleed which oft our stage hath shown and for their sake in your fair minds let this acceptance take